Well, hey there, Todd. We're, we're back again, coming off of the kind of the final chapter of the Lowen lawsuit and the real cause of the collapse of, of that corporation. And you had mentioned as we wrap that one up that you were out of a job and you headed back to Boston. So take it away. Well, thank you very much, uh, uh, Rob. Um, so in the last years of uh, Alloan, and, and actually some years before this, I had kind of resurrected my uh, relationship with the mortuary school that I had attended and graduated from in Boston. And in another episode of this, um, I had been approached in 1986 for a job at the New England Institute, which was still in those years at 656 Beacon Street and Kenmore Square in the back bay of Boston. And it was also, um, well, by that time, it was the whole building was uh, the Dodge Chemical Company had moved out and they had moved to Cambridge uh, to new um, a location off of the Alewife uh, trolley stop. And so the whole building was the mortuary college and they had a new president uh, named uh, Vic Scalisi who had been a Baptist minister at the First United Church of Brookline uh, on Harvard Avenue. Uh, and Vic was uh, kind of a dynamic, uh, high energy uh, individual. Um, and he's the one that called up when I was still at Cincinnati and said about a job. And so I flew up to talk to Vic and Bruce Pulsifer was there at the time. He was the dean. And it was very, um, I don't know, uh, it was very nostalgic. It was, it was um, you know, this was where Edgar Jackson told me that I ought to become a teacher. Uh, this building was the years of my life that I proved to myself that I wasn't an academic loser, that I wasn't stupid, that I could succeed. A lot of stuff in my life happened at 656 Beacon Street in the back bay of Boston. We were right across the street from the old J.S. Waterman and Sons funeral home, uh, which was a Boston institution um, and so when I went there for the job interview, I was kind of melancholy, uh, nostalgic, uh, reminiscent of my youth. Um, I'd look around the streets of Boston. I walk around and I'd think of all the ambulance calls we went on and all the drunks we picked up down in the combat zone. I'd think about, you know, we, you know, we went to the combat zone. We'd back the Boston city ambulances up when they got busy, they'd call us and we go into the city, uh, as backup. And I remember one time, uh, this drunk got beat up, just got the bejesus beat out of him. He's in a gutter. 
in the uh, back bay or the combat zone down on Washington Street. And I look, I'm down there trying to, I don't know what the devil I was trying to do. Look up and here's three, uh, here's three women in the evening standing there. And they looked at me and they go, um, do you know, do you, would you like to meet some beautiful women? And I go, yeah, do you know any, right? And that the, 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 their, their, the man who was their, uh, agent as <laughs> one of a better word, uh, did not take uh, kindly to that remark at all. I mean, it was almost every street. Um, and I don't mean to offend your audience by that stupid story, but it was every street because that ambulance, we got all over that city one way or the other. And, um, and so I was walking around and, and so, you know, we started uh, negotiations, et cetera. And in the meantime, um, the job at Hudson Valley Community College came up. I was in Boston when the call came in that they had just seen the notice that the chairman of the Department of Mortuary Science, the job was open. And since I was already in Boston, the plan was to meet a fly to Albany and interview for that job. Well, it came down to money, right? Because Boston wasn't offering as much as uh, as for an instructor is what Hudson Valley was offering for chairman of the department. But then the idea was, was that if I, if I was in Albany, I'd be that much closer when the job in Boston came up again, which of course didn't happen, right? That didn't happen that way at all, right? The because while I'm waiting for the job in Boston to open up in, in Albany, New York, the mortuary school goes down in the skids financially. So the, the mortuary school, the NEI is scrambling around Boston, trying to find a college to buy the assets of the school and nobody wants them, right? Nobody wants, nobody wants a mortuary school. And that, and that, and that's not uncommon, right? That, you know, uh, when I was at Cincinnati, we were on Edgecliff's campus and Xavier University uh, bought Edgecliff and we came along with it because we had a lease on the property, right? But the president of Xavier University, he, he said it publicly, that mortuary science has no business on a major university campus. That was the statement he made. So, you know, I wasn't surprised at all to hear. I mean, they, they, they peddled NEI to Boston University. They went out to Babson College. They went down to Simmons. They went to Emmanuel. Uh, they, they went to Boston College. Um, they went to Northeastern. They went to all the, you know, and there's a bunch of universities and colleges in Boston, and nobody wanted them except they went out to Newton Center, and there was a small college there called Mount Ida. And Mount Ida was owned by a family. It was a privately owned college. Um, and there was a funeral director from Windsor, Connecticut, named John Carmen, 
who was on the board of directors of Mount Ida and NEI, the Mount Ida buys the college and they build a building. And it was pretty nice. I mean, it, the appearance of it was really nice. Um, and so the job came up again for NEI and I was, I don't even remember where I was at, but I applied to the job and I didn't get it because they hired a man and wife team who had their doctorate degrees. And I can understand that because accrediting bodies, that's the kind of stuff they get excited about is higher academic degrees. But, but now I started, then they hired a guy who was an old friend of mine, the, uh, the, the husband and wife, they retired, resigned, and they went and started their own mortuary school, right? They started the Funeral Institute of the Northeast. So Boston had two mortuary schools. There was a time Boston had two mortuary schools. They had the Boston School of Anatomy, and then they had the New England Institute, right? So it wasn't unusual. That wasn't uh, against history. Uh, and so the this friend of mine got it. He had done a PhD through uh, with Bob Fulton at the University of Minnesota and uh, a good, good fellow, good fellow. But that didn't work out because they lived in Brookline, but they lived in Washington State across the country, right? So a 3,000 mile trip to go home. And so I went to a banquet one night and uh, there were several people there that were in funeral service. Uh, John Carbon was one of them. Debbie Dodge was there. And the guy who was running the program said in front of everybody that I needed to be the next chairman of the department. All right now, by that time, NEI was not a standalone college as it had been when I went to school. This was now a department within the Mount Ida college community. And sure enough, you know, the uh, Lowen went down and they called up in Boston. I drove up to Boston to the interview. And I've, you know, the trip was just a bunch of soul searching because I was just um, like somebody shot my dog when Lowen went down. Right. I had all good intentions of retiring from Lowen. Uh, I was going to be, uh, quite frankly, financially secure, or so I thought. And now I'm driving to Boston to interview for a mortuary college job. And I got the job. So moved up to Boston, and I actually lucked out very well because I got this apartment in Brookline with a garage underneath it, which is unheard of up there, right? Uh, and it was a nice apartment. And it was where the former uh, chairman lived, he and his wife. I just took over the lease. So we're going there, everybody. It's kind of the love, uh, the honeymoon, right? Uh, and I get over to, and I'm cleaning up the office, getting settled in. 
and I pick up a memo. In fact, when NEI went down the chute about three years ago, right, when Mount Ida folded up, they closed up, they sold out to uh, the University of Massachusetts, and, then, and, and the New England Institute went right with it. It was gone. I wrote an article, and Ed Deffert, God love him, uh, printed it in the Director Magazine about the demise of the old venerable New England Institute. I mean, that school pumped out hundreds upon hundreds of funeral professionals since the turn of the century. And, and I, I was, I, I didn't, I, I was stunned, uh, upset when Lowen went down and I was upset when NEI went down. And so I, I wrote this, this article uh, about the demise of the NEI. And in it, I put this account, which is true. I was trying to rebuild NEI. And I see this memo on my desk that wasn't written to me, but it was written to the former chairman. And it said this, no funeral coaches are allowed on the campus of Mount Ida College. No removal vehicles are allowed on the campus of Mount Ida College. Now downstairs, Jake Dodge, had put in a $100,000 prep room for the mortuary school. We had two tables down there, a walk-in cooler, and we had every damned instrument that God ever invented in that prep room, and we were doing no embalming. And I read, I read that memo, and I knew why we weren't doing any embalming. All right, so... The end, the end result of this was that Mount Ida, they liked the cash flow that the reputation of NEI brought to them, but they were not interested in the subject of mortuary science in the least. And so I found the three years I was there was a uh, tremendously uphill battle as far as the culture of Mount Ida College, right? The culture of it and the mortuary science mission uh, were, 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 is oil and vinegar or oil and water. It didn't go together. Uh, but, but there were some, there were some really highlights in the three years I was back in Boston. Of course, number one, I fell in love with the city again. And it's much different to be an adult, a professional adult living in Boston than it was a student, right? I can tell you this, it was much more fun as a student living in Boston than it was as a professional adult. But Vic Scalisi, let's go back to Vic a minute. He was very interested in grief counseling. In fact, Vic had the theory that funeral directors should not be called funeral directors. They should be called funeral counselors. And I was very attracted to that idea. And so even when the mortuary school was down at uh, 656 Beacon Street, 
Vic had put in what he called the National Center for Deaf Education. Uh, it, it was very impressive. Uh, he had remodeled one of the floors in the old uh, Beacon Street building. He put in a beautiful library, bookshelves, all oak, nice tables, well lit. Um, just, you know, the old NEI was a, just a tad dingy when I was a student there. But boy, he really cleaned because he was a mover and a shaker. Vic, he was a mover and a shaker. And so they, so they moved when they built the new NEI building on Mount Ida's campus. They moved the National Center for Deaf Education out to Mount Ida. And we had what was called the Summer Institute. And the Summer Institute was where people from all over the world came to the National Center for Deaf Education to attend a week of symposiums. We had a big auditorium named after A. Johnson Dodge. Uh, we had a, the library, we had classrooms, et cetera. And when I got there, the, the head of the National Center for Deaf Education was a woman named Dr. Carol Wogren, W-O-G-R-I-N. And I have to say this to you, uh, Harry Rath was at the top of his game and so was Al Marsh. And so was Edgar Jackson, and so was Carol Wilgren. She was one of the finest human beings I've ever dealt with. She was smart as a whip, and she was devoted to the subject of thanatology. And she headed up the Summer Institute, and she and I became not just good colleagues, but we became trusted friends. And I uh, used to go over there, and I was licking my wounds over Lowen, and I'd go over. She, she was uh, 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 married uh, to a man named Maury Goodman, who was a decent guy, and I'd go over to their a little duplex they had in Newton, Massachusetts, and uh, they'd have a, a bottle of Canadian club, and off we'd go uh, eating and drinking and talking about Lowen. And I'd start crying and I'd start, you know, getting all feeling sorry for myself. Um, and it was pure, absolute pure therapy. Uh, and so I want to take a minute to really single her out. We, we've lost touch. She ended up going to Africa uh, to do uh, work uh, in uh, different uh, formats. Uh, and I miss, miss her terribly because she was such a bright person. So another, a couple other things, and then, then we can tie off uh, Mount Ida. I did do an interesting thing, was that for three years while I was there, I ended up organizing student field trips to England. I had a I still have a bunch of funeral directors who are good buddies of mine over in Great Britain, in Scotland and Ireland and, uh, and England. And so I would take uh, students, we'd get the package deal and, uh, and we would fly over uh, to Heathrow uh, 
and uh, and then uh, John Harris from T. Cribbinson in uh, in Canningtown. He would host us. Then we would go to see Jeremy West place, and then there was a funeral director who was a member of Parliament, and I I can't remember her name, but this is no kidding. She was able to get us a private tour of Westminster Abbey after it closed at nine o'clock at night. And if you want a trip in life is go through Westminster Abbey at night, right? Where you're the only people in the building. And then we go up to Glasgow, Scotland. We take the train up, uh, up the North Sea. We'd go to Edinburgh, uh, switch trains, go over to Glasgow and then Don McGuire uh, would uh, host us over there uh, and uh, we'd go back and each night we'd go out to pubs uh, and we then we'd visit funeral homes and uh, T. Cribbins son the one John Harris's place he was um, big he was also a, a carriage master and so probably 70 percent of John Harris's funerals uh, they use horse-drawn funeral equipment over there, uh, and the students were able to see uh, how they organized those funerals uh, and put them together. Uh, and then um, Kenyon's, uh, the old uh, Royal Undertaker firm, was over there. Christopher Henley, uh, whose father, Desmond Henley, was the embalmer. Uh, they would give us tours, uh, and it was just great fun. Um, and so... While, while Mount Ida was a pill to deal with administratively, uh, the students at NEI were outstanding human beings. And we bonded, I think, well, not with everybody, but we bonded well. And then the last thing I want to tell you is that um, we had a student named Mark Olette. And Mark Olette was from Caribou, Maine. And Caribou, Maine is up in what they call the county. It's as far north as you're going to get before you're in Canada. And he was, he, I remember he came in, he's from Caribou, Maine, up in the county in Maine, which means he might as well have been from the lunar surface. And he came down to the big city of Boston and he and I bonded very well. But Mark unfortunately was an epileptic and he got a job as a pool boy for some rich old widow that lived off of route nine in Brookline. And honest to God, it was horrible because they called the school and they said the rich old lady had come back from a trip and Mark had been cleaning out her pool and he had an epileptic seizure and he fell in the pool and that was the end of it. And I remember, um, I flew up to Caribou because the family asked me to give his eulogy at his funeral. And I remember, um, driving back and thinking of my time as a student at NEI and my experiences in Boston and what different accounts uh, we have in our lives about when we get involved with funeral service in both practice and education. So 
Boston has always been a kind of a second home for me. And um, so that is the account of the Boston years, the best I can recollect, Rob. Well, that's, that sounds great, Todd, and um, everything except for that unfortunate accident at the, at the end. So you've come back to Boston. You've spent your time there. Um, where are we going next after, after that? Well, you know, after Boston, it just seemed um, uh, that uh, the mortuary education uh, opportunities continued to open. And the next one was uh, from uh, the mortuary school in Houston. And we'll talk about that a little bit next time. Well, that sounds great. That'll be interesting as well. Well, thanks again, Todd. Thank you, Rob.